The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, I have kind of an, uh, a list to share with you today, if, if you will. It's a list of some of the most powerful women on Twitter. Now, this is not my list. I wish I could take credit for it, but it's actually coming to us us from Tiernan McKay, a freelance writer out of Denver, Colorado, and um, the folks at She Knows, Pregnancy and Baby, and Real Mom's Guide. Um, So this is part of their list. And you may or may not recognize some of these names, but I thought, if nothing else, it would be interesting. Uh, Some of the names, like Giada, uh, you will know Giada, of course, is on Food Network. She's a mom to her daughter, Jade, and she talks a lot about cooking. So Giada, of course, is kind of one of those celebrities out there. Uh, Summer Poquette at Green Mom. So if you're really into green living, you may know Summer already. She's really uh, the person behind greenandcleanmom.org. And she's all about, you know, living that green life each and every day. Um, Sarah Pekinen, I hope I'm saying that right, at Pekinen, Sarah Pekinen's on Twitter. Um, her novel called The Opposite of Me is on bookstores um, shelves now. And she talks about really relatable kind of unexpected everyday occurrences. Um, so for women out there who want someone to relate to, Sarah Pekinen might be someone to follow on Twitter. Uh, Janice and Susan from Five Minutes for Mom. You know, we know there's a lot of mom bloggers out there, a lot of moms on Twitter. Uh, well, these are actually identical twins, and they're web entrepreneurs. They have four children among themselves, and uh, they they blog a ton. Um, so you might want to check them out, Five Minutes for Mom. Now, we know women are into technology. Uh, we buy a ton of technology each and every year. We actually outdistance men when it comes to technological buys. Well, Beth Bleckerman at Tech Mama is a techie-turned blogger. Beth's based, of course, in Silicon Valley, California. And her blog, techmama.com, she's all over technology-based topics for parents and families. So you might want to follow her on Twitter at Tech Mama. 
And then uh, Workout Mommy, this is another one I thought might be interesting. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's Lisa at Workout Mommy. And she's a mom of three active boys. She's really focused on healthy living. And she's a former personal trainer and marathon runner. And she's really, you know, inspiring women to try to find the time to work out. Now, I know none of you out there do have any time. So you might want to check out Lisa. Follow her tweets at Workout Mommy. So I just thought those were interesting today. Um, our first profile today is the Prada professional, a woman committed to her career, but trying to achieve some balance in her life. She's 36 years old. Uh, 74% of them are married, making more than $75,000 herself, a combined combination of household income of $150,000. She is inspired by the fashion world, focused on her looks, uh, likes to stand out in a, in a crowd, values her relationships, um, believes firmly in having a circle of close friends. She uh, really likes to go out and buy high-quality things when she can. She feels like those possessions are reward, rewards for all the hard work that she puts in each and every day. But she is a practical purchaser. Uh, she does shop different stores for the best price. She is online planning her shopping trips, and she considers herself very good at managing money. However, she does do less of a good job at managing her work-life balance. She considers herself to be a workaholic. And, uh, you know, it's important to her that her family thinks that she's doing well. She ultimately understands that life is more than work and loves to spend time with her family when she has it. So where is she shopping? Well, she's shopping Bobby Brown, Chanel. She's um, wearing Armani, Calvin Klein. She's at Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel. And she's driving BMWs, Jeep, Audis, and Toyotas. If you are a marketer, you can find her reading the following magazines like Real Simple, In Style, Shape, Vanity Fair, Martha Stewart Living. She's watching E, TLC, TBS, and Discovery Health Channel. And she's online getting money, travel, and news information on sites like MSNBC, Orbitz, Ask, CNN, MSN, and the New York Times. Well, my guest for today probably runs into a lot of Prada professionals. Cynthia Good is the founding editor and CEO of Pink Magazine. We're going to be talking to Cynthia about women-owned businesses and the transformation that Pink Magazine has undergone over the last several years since its debut five years ago. More from Cynthia when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Hi, this is Joel Kamm. I want to take a moment to tell you about a revolutionary new theme for WordPress that's going to change the way you make websites. It's called the Socrates theme, and it is the number one WordPress product on ClickBank. You can see it in action right now at SocratesTheme.com. The Socrates theme has a ton of options for customizing your site, but what really makes it stand out is the ability to monetize your site instantly just by entering your ClickBank or AdSense IDs right inside the theme. That's right, there's no plugins needed. Go check it out now at SocratesTheme.com. Ecom experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Cynthia Good, founding editor and CEO of Pink Magazine. Cynthia, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's great to be here on your show. I'm so excited to have you. I've been a big fan of Pink and Little Pink Book for quite some time now. So um, I know all about you, but others out there may not be as aware. So if you would uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, you founded, you're the original editor of Pink. You've seen that magazine mature and change. But before we get into those changes, can you talk a little bit about why you founded Pink to begin with? Maybe what the hole in the marketplace was um, that you kind of thought this publication would fill. Right. You're you're just exactly on the money, literally, when you say there was a gap in the marketplace. We realized um, a little over five years ago that no one was offering great information, stories, content, resources, specifically to women professionals and women who wanted to grow their careers and launch companies and rise up through the ranks in their organization. And we felt that it was really important that someone offered women, all of us, you know, and we could relate just because we were in business and very focused on career ourselves. So we decided we had to be the ones to offer this kind of information. So we launched Pink just over five years ago. Actually, this is our five-year anniversary right here, right now. Woo! And, um, Congratulations. For a number of years had a... Thanks. We had a national magazine geared uh, just toward women in business, and we have evolved the organization to provide content every single day now to women through our daily e-note, Little Pink Book. Right, and I get Little Pink Book every day, and I read it every day, and I always find something inspirational about it. And, you know, I don't have my own company, but we have a lot of women at our agency, and I think we we still battle, I think, a lot of the things to grow our agency like maybe women entrepreneurs do. What are the hurdles that women entrepreneurs face that, that men really don't face? It's, it's different for women. Well, you're so correct, and women face so many hurdles when it comes to business ownership and also, um, I think, in career in general that men don't face. I mean, if you just look at the general landscape, you will see that 
uh, and this comes from a White House Project benchmark study, which was terrific, that found that pretty close to 90% of all Americans are comfortable with women in leadership positions in industries, you know, across the board, from business ownership to law to politics. But in contrast to that 90% acceptance rate, women only hold 18% of leadership positions. And, you know, I think that translates really to everything, to business ownership, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I read the White House Project um, study that you just referenced, and I was quite surprised. Um, to, they broke it down, as you mentioned, into various different um, industry groups, categories. And, and across all categories, we just really weren't at the highest ranks of power. In fact, CEOs were a, a very minuscule portion of, of women and board, people sitting on boards also. A, right. a very small and number. It, what is it, actually, do you think? Are we holding ourselves back? Or are the men in power holding us back? Or is it's probably not that simple of an answer? Well, it, I, but, you know, you're right, though. We are seeing this, and I think it's a, a multitude of reasons why. I mean, you look at corporate America, I don't think there is some plot, you know, to undermine women. But at the same time, corporate America was created by and for men. And, you know, as more and more women enter the workforce, and now half, pretty close to half of all workers are women, and we're about to exceed the number of men in the workforce, the culture will have to change. One of the things, it's a mantra here at Pink, we always see this, and whether it's you're running your own company or whatever career you're in, we could do a much better job, I think, being advocates for ourselves and acting in our own enlightened self-interest by doing simple things like asking for what you want, and sure, we need to be careful about tonality and all of that, but it's amazing to me, as a business owner myself, how many men ask for a raise, ask for a new opportunity, ask for a promotion, whereas the women, we tend to go to work, you know, nose to the grindstone, and we are not out there networking, we're not talking to the boss, getting to know the boss personally and professionally, asking the boss for other opportunities, and I think we lose opportunities as a result. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think, I think as women start to band together and learn from each other and have and be mentored by other powerful women, we start learning kind of the rules of engagement. I think, um, right. and and, and I know and, I know, know it's impacting our bottom line as well. I mean, we're just not it, able to grow our companies too way too much beyond that a million dollar mark. Although I think you have some new data that shows that we may be changing that. Well, I think we're moving in the right direction. I mean, still, you know, the largest body of research shows that only 3% of women business owners exceed the $1 million mark. That means bringing in revenue over $1 million a year. Twice as many male-owned businesses are able to do that. Um, And I think there are some very clear reasons why. Mm -hmm. What do you think the reasons are? Well, and, and, you know, there have been a number of studies done on this, and I haven't been totally satisfied really with any of them, but, you know, some of the, some of the data and some of those studies indicate uh, a number of things. Um, certainly we know that women don't have the same access to capital as 
male entrepreneurs do. And again, I think a big part of that is women aren't asking for it and aren't, you know, seeking it out and researching it. But we know, depending on what source, um, um, you know, six to 10% of the venture capital dollars out there are going to women entrepreneurs only. So that means 90%, at least more than 90% of all venture capital dollars right now in this country are going to male startup firms. Um, why is that the case? Is there some inequity there? Well, probably, but I think there's enough of a challenge to go all the way around. And if, and if we want to grow bigger, it's going to mean that we need to get access to that capital so that we can grow our businesses to the next level. That's mm-hmm. part of it. Well, and I think part of it, too, as I, I kind of reflected just a moment ago, is just having those mentors, too, that successful women who have achieved beyond the million-dollar mark, how did they do it? Um, because I think, for the most part, we just have m- male mentors, ma- men that have achieved that. I know your magazine and your website has always profiled successful women. Some of the most interesting reads, I think, when you were publishing the hard copy magazine that I enjoyed the most and now online of course you feature women I am assuming you do this not only for inspiration but for some real world education definitely and you know just getting back to this whole idea of you know why is there some such a differentiation between male-owned firms and woman-owned firms. And one of the things we do, and we're able to do it so much more effectively online, is yes, we continue to do our profiles of top women in business. You probably just read uh, last week our big profile was on Mindy Grossman, who's the CEO of HSN. Um, So we're profiling the top women in the country instead of doing it once every few months. Now we get to do it once a week. Um, But we're also doing profiles of top women business owners, and we're doing video segments too. And in a piece that we did on passing the $1 million mark, which, you know, I'm happy for you to share it with anyone who's interested in your audience, um, there was a link to an interview that we did with May Shi, who owns Bliss Living Homes. It's a $60 million a year business. And, and her products, uh, candles and things like that, home furnishings, are in every target on the planet and every Pier 1 imports and every Kohl's. And I said to May, I said, Tell the women owners in our audience, how are you able to grow this big company, hugely successful, you know, growing every year, you're in target when all the other vendors have changed over again and again and again. What is it that has resulted in your longstanding success and, and growth? And she said, without a doubt, it's innovation. And I'm seeing this in all the data. The WPO study indicates that, too. These women owners who have high revenue-producing companies are highly innovative. She doesn't just say, here are the products for the year. Every day, constantly, she's coming up with new innovations to take her business to the next level. And I think that's key as well. Mm-hmm. I think if you look Another across the grand owner, spectrum of kind of cutting-edge industries, it's all about innovation. Look at Apple. I think everybody points to Apple. Right. Well, Apple's got right. to where they are because they've innovated, right? They've, they've not been right. fearful to innovate. They've not been fearful to fail. I mean, Apple's had some colossal failures, but everybody remembers their great successes. So I think women in general may, may be fearful to fail. Do you think that's part of it? I, I absolutely, 100%, you're right. Failure, 
fear of failure. And another uh, successful woman business owner is Susan Netherow, who has a company called Intimacy. She's known as the bra whisperer. She's on Oprah frequently. We had her on a panel, a women business owners event panel recently. And uh, she just opened, I think she has more than a dozen uh, uh, lingerie stores really across the country now. And I asked her what was her success secret. And she did fail. She failed twice. She tried to launch this business idea she had to make, you know, well, good-fitting bras for women. Finally, on the third try, can you imagine going under twice? She tried, invested all these dollars, all this sweat equity. It didn't work, and she finally nailed the concept on that third try. So she allowed herself to fail, and I think so many of us are too afraid to do that. I think so, too. And you mentioned before you have a series of videos online called Minute Mentors. And these are these are ways that women um, can get tangible advice and, and from a broad spectrum of women into really what they might be able to do with their own businesses. Am I right? Absolutely. And, and also, you know, there's another commonality. These women who have the larger firms, uh, they set out to create a large firm. That's actually, ironically, for most of them, that was one of their goals, to create mm-hmm. a large company that was well into the, into the millions in terms of revenue. So it's interesting to see those similarities between the women who, who have thriving businesses. Isn't that interesting? So don't be afraid to dream big. You may just actually achieve it, right? I mean, I think that's, I think sometimes we're our own worst enemies in that we don't maybe believe we can achieve it. But those women actually set out as as a major goal to to grow their business beyond a million. That's, That's fascinating, the psychology of it all. And, you know, I have another theory. Let me throw this out to you. This is going to be controversial. And I've never said this publicly, and we will be writing about it and sharing stories about this through Little Pink Book. But one of my concerns is I think the message to men has been, you know, make sure the numbers work. Get P&L, you know, real comfortable reading a P&L. Make sure your business model is strong. Whereas it seems to me that oftentimes the message that women tend to embrace is, Follow your passion, follow your heart, and the money will follow. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's just not going to be enough. I'm sorry to say it, but, you know, reviewing the data year after year, interviewing women with companies that have not succeeded, and the contrast between those businesses and the women who have created multimillion-dollar companies, it's real clear to me that the passion piece is it's great, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. You have to have a, a business uh, mindset. I mean, it, it, I understand the whole philosophy of follow your passion. I think that's fabulous. But passion alone, as you said, is not going to get you to sustain a, a business. It's too cutthroat out there. We've seen too many businesses fail, much less achieve a million dollars. We know you have to have your business hat on or you're just not going to make it in, in business. I mean, that's just the case. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Cynthia. When we come back, I, I do want to talk a little bit sure. more about Pink itself. Um you took a chance. You Hold on one second, Maria. I'm sorry. Yep. No, because right there, right when you were trying to toss the break, I know both of you were kind of talking over each other. Let's oh, go ahead and I'm just sorry. Start, sorry. start that tease again real quick. Thanks. Well, actually, Cynthia, do you want to say something? Then we'll just pick up with your thought, and then I can toss the break after that. I mean, I was just going to add on to what you said, that we just hear that experience repeatedly. For, I mean, I can. you want me to start over, and then yep. you can throw it break. Absolutely, yes, okay. yeah. I didn't realize so, you were trying to talk. I apologize. You go ahead and I'm pick sorry. up with your thought. That's okay. So, three, two, one. 
You're right. We hear it again and again from women business owners, owners who've had failing businesses have said that they wish they had known more about the number side of the business and they learned it only too late. So it's good to learn rather than having to learn the hard way to learn the lesson from others who've tried it. Absolutely. And I know I've seen the numbers, you know, women have achieved so much. I feel like this past year has been such a huge year for women. And yet we still trail in the numbers of women going to business schools behind men. I mean, we we outpace men in medical school, we outpace men in law school. But when it comes to business school, we're still um, not outnumbering men. I think um, that that would bode well for us as well in, in achieving some uh, some good business sense is to try to get into those leading business schools, learn what they have to share, um, learn learn from those great professors, and then go out and apply it in the real world. So Absolutely. Just, just a thought. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Cynthia, and we come back. I do want to talk a little bit about Pink itself. Uh, you definitely have been innovating. You definitely have been out there fearlessly undergoing a remodel with the original magazine. I want to talk about that and the new format when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the Jar Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The Jar Group, online marketing with measurable results. It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of Cirque, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. Joining me today is Cynthia Good, founding editor and CEO of Pink Magazine. And we've been talking a lot about women entrepreneurs, their successes, their failures, and maybe the psychology behind both. And I want to talk a little bit about now Pink Magazine. As I said at the top of the show, I've been a huge fan of Pink, I think, ever since you came out with the publication five years ago. There's been a format change uh, over the last couple of years. You've taken Pink online. Talk a little bit about why you switched things up there. Well, I mean, always for Pink, we've adhered to the mission of um, showing women just with a little piece of information what they could do to dramatically alter their career and hence their lives. Um, and the tagline has always been a beautiful career, uh, ultimate goal, of course, being a beautiful life. And our mantra is courage to do what you love. So really the question for us was, 
um, with all the changes in the economy and the print industry and the technology revolution, what is the smartest way to deliver this information, the smartest way to deliver success secrets for women everywhere and tools, tactics, and strategies so that they could achieve all they've dreamed of achieving in their work and in their lives? And we realized that it just made more sense in terms of the business model and in terms of our our demographics lifestyle to deliver that information through technology. And no, uh, it's really helpful. And and you know, I I would couldn't wait to get my pink magazine and it didn't come enough for me. And now Little Pink Book does come in my inbox every day. And it is full of really, I think, inspiration, number one, but also tangible, implementable, um, implementable advice as well as great you know, tips on what to read and sites to go to. Where in the world do you come up with all your topics? How do you manage to replenish this every every day? Well, as we know, there are so many things that women really have questions about. And we just are bombarded with, I think, data showing, you know, there's a need here, whether it's financial information, just as you said before the break, women need more access to that business acumen, women sharing their stories, saying, you know, I have a challenge in terms of my business partnership, and we conduct pink storm sessions once every month where we gather together groups of professional women. It could be business owners. It could be uh, by topic, whether it's um, fashion for the workplace or um, women and success and sustainability on a variety of topics. And that's how we get a lot of real-world questions and needs so that we can address that for women everywhere. Well, and you do a great job of it. You have a great network of women from which to draw all that great information and insight. And I'm wondering, as you look beyond today into the future, what what do you think's ahead for Pink? Well, I mean, I think we're tapping into uh, a new, huge group of amazing, brilliant women who also need a lot of support and encouragement and resources, and that is the millennials. Um, you know, coming into the workforce now and faced with a challenging economy, you know, sort of post that feminist movement, and yet still we know there are a lot of challenges and a huge number of opportunities in the workplace, and it gives us a great opportunity to connect with that group of women, which is so technology savvy, and that's become something that's a lot of fun, and they're able to utilize Little Pink Book and tap into all the resources we provide and also share it with their social networks via Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn um, to help them even be more plugged in and engaged with each other and the resources and information they need to create their own definition of success. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about the millennials because I've read quite a bit about this this group of women and they really are redefining their what what work is for themselves, aren't they? I mean, they I think that more than any generation, they are looking at how to make their lives better, but it doesn't necessarily mean working more. I've I've also sensed that this is a group that is more entrepreneurial maybe than other generations. I would imagine that um, millennials will be the ones that will help inspire Pink for quite some time based on kind of their mindset. Are you seeing the same things with millennials? I definitely am. And, and actually, we turn to them when it comes to reaching out and social media and being really cutting edge in terms of the technology. Um, the millennials are my mentors, absolutely. 
and they're filled with wisdom. And, and, you know, for all of them, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it isn't always creating a huge company. We had one woman the other day who said, you know what, success to me doesn't look like, you know, having a $50 million business. It looks like having a business that I can conduct from my laptop on the deck of a boat. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're very adamant about um, holding on to their own personal definition of what success looks like and not letting someone else define that for them, which I think is hugely admirable and is an inspiration to the rest of us. Uh, amen. Uh, it's definitely an inspiration for me. I'm a Gen Xer, and I think I'm, I'm definitely one of those individuals tied to very much what an expected, an expected path for my career. So I, I admire those millennials as well. Um, as we wrap up, Cynthia, tell everyone out there how they can uh, get Little Pink Book for themselves. Maria, it is easy. It's just www.littlepinkbook.com. Or they can go to pinkmagazine.com and um, access it there. It's free. It's really short. We try to keep it short and sweet. All of the stories are just over about 200 words um, because we know that all of the women who are very ambitious are also very, very busy. And so it's filled with resources. So if you want some more information to dig deeper, you can always do that and access the videos if you like and all of that there as well. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, and and I wish you continued success with Little Pink Book and Pink and all your great efforts to support women entrepreneurs out there. You're doing just great work, Cynthia. Thank you so much. And you as well. Thank you so much for having us on your great show. Absolutely. And thank you to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Strings right here, Tuesdays at 3. I'll be speaking with Maya Frazier. She's the content content director at Engage. She oversees the agency's thought leadership, does a ton of research, trend spotting, and writing on women and how brands can best reach them. She recently authored a white paper called The Reality of the Working Woman, Her Impact on the Female Target Beyond Consumption. It was featured in Ad Age. We're going to have Maya on the show to talk more about the working woman. That's next week. Until then, make it a great one.